Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It is officially game week. Game one, Kent State at home. Had to deal with a little bit of a hurricane situation. Hopefully everybody is safe from that. But it is officially game week. Hello everybody and welcome back to Charge On as always. I'm your host, Sean Green. Before we get started as always, a quick word from our sponsors, Bet Bet BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting needs this college football season. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. We've been waiting for this week. For many weeks. Probably since, I mean, not counting the bowl game, because we were excited about the bowl game. But probably since, like, mid-December, it was, okay, we have no more football, college football, so a little NFL. But we are just waiting for this moment where we can officially say, it's game week. Mr. Rob Husby, back on the pod. New apartment. This is why Rob was not on for multiple weeks. Uh, Rob moved into a new apartment. Uh, still doesn't have a, a place in this apartment to record anything. Um, but he's on tonight doing great because Nick Geddes cannot be on. So, Rob, how are we doing tonight? I'm doing great. You know, this is going to have to do for now. We're, we're still getting still getting settled in, but we'll, we'll, we'll get there. It's not like we're trying to cram like 15 things in. Now you got UCF starting. You got Halloween season in Orlando starting. It's about to get even more uh, jam-packed with things to do. So I'm excited to uh, at least take a little bit of a break here and talk some football as we go into the season, which, I mean, listen, this is truly the most wonderful time of year. Keep your Christmas. This is this is where it is right here. Yeah, it's about to get hectic. I mean, like we've been saying, we're going to two episodes a week, bringing you all the content we physically can, um, trying to incorporate new stuff, but... It's exciting. I mean, it, regardless of who the opponent is, right? We talked about it last week with me and Nick. Regardless of who you're playing week one, it's that that amazing feeling of we have football to watch. We're going to see the UCF Knights take the field. Last year was SC State. And the, you know, whatever you're feeling heading into that stadium. Now, granted, that was a crazy game. Not crazy in the sense of, you know, you're playing a good opponent, but... Just to see kind of how that offense performed that night, to see the team on the field for the first time, it, it, regardless of what we talk about today versus Kent State, you're getting that feeling. So, hey, listen, if you want to go to the game, you can go cheap. Nobody clearly, I guess, wants to go. For some reason, everybody's trying to sell their tickets. Not a good look. I hope that everybody watching this pod is going to the game and supporting the team. Um, students, please stay after the half I would really appreciate it. Uh, if you want to be known as one of the best student sections in the country, you need to stay the entire game, regardless of who you play. But Rob, kind of give your 
initial thoughts, obviously, listen, when you go to a Power 5 conference, and UCF kind of over the last couple years, not including the Boise State year, but over the last many years, right, UCF has kind of scheduled a a very easy game to start out with, a tune-up game, if you will. What do you think about Kent State? You know, we've kind of been looking at what we can, obviously, completely different staff, completely different players than last year, so there's not much to look at, but kind of what is your take on kind of these games, and, and what do you want to see specifically, maybe not specifically, but what are the things you like to see out of a tune-up game like this um, as the first game of the year? Yeah, I mean, I think this is what most, you know, Power 5 programs sort of do uh, to start off the season is, you know, it's very commonplace to schedule a pretty easy game to to go out, you know, just so you can kind of get, it's kind of a feeler game. You know, you kind of, you have new additions to the team. There's a lot of returning faces to UCF, but there's also some new faces and you want them all to get acclimated. You want them to get some chemistry going. I mean, this is the first official game outside of, you know, training camp. So, you know, you can, whatever you're running in training camp, you can look as good as you look in, in, in camp, but once you get into an actual game against an opposing team, uh, you know that's where it really begins to start the season. So yeah, I mean, is this an easier matchup? Yeah, I think it's a little bit tougher than SE State was last year, but you know we'll see how you know by how much, um, and we'll get in a little bit more analysis on Kent State and how these two teams match up, obviously. But no, I think I think this is obviously par for the course. You book. You know, a pretty easy team at home to come and start the season. And then we see what UCF's got. You know, you don't put a lot of stock into what you see, but you see what the plays are running. You know, you got a new offensive uh, coordinator, you know, so it's going to be good to see, uh, you know, how that's working out, how John Rice Plumley's adapting to that playbook and, you know, see how he's treating his new and old targets and how the defense looks. So it's it's a good feeler game um, that you can, you know, look and hopefully see some sort of uh, outlook on the season. No, yeah. And I think ultimately, you know, we talked about it a little last week and I kind of want to go into it a little bit more, right? Like I think last year versus SC State, there was a lot of hype after the game, right? You're seeing John Rice Plumley in his true form at quarterback, kind of seeing what he can do, right? At his best, what John Rice Plumley is as a quarterback. And then you get into week two. Now there's a bunch of different circumstances. We we said it, right? Like some flags that maybe shouldn't have been thrown. Some play calls that maybe just shouldn't have been called. So I think a lot went to that game. But ultimately, UCF lost the game. Ultimately, UCF did not play good enough to win that game. You only put up 14 points, and you're supposed to be an offense that averages, you know, 30 to 40. You know, you kind of look at that and say, clearly you didn't play up to your standard. Now going into this game, we'll talk about depth chart a little bit later because they actually released the official depth chart. I kind of want to discuss, you know, some of the surprises, some not surprises. But let's go into Kent State, right? Because ultimately it's a preview on Kent State. At least with SC State last year, Rob, there was a little bit of a familiarity. Same coach, legendary coach. A lot of the similar players you saw from the previous year, a lot of returning starters. Kent State, completely different. You're getting a bunch of new different players. It's not the same staff. It's, you know, the head coach moved on to Colorado. Now you have Coach Kenny Burns coming in, was with PJ Fleck at Minnesota. So when you're doing research for this game, and, and listen, I did research last week for my official record prediction. 
I did some research this week to make sure I could, you know, under see some of the players, watch some of their tape. It is not a completely new team, but basically a completely new team. I mean, quarterback, completely different. Now, quarterback will be interesting. Big 10 quarterback, Mike Alamo, Redshirt Jr. from Purdue, got some touches uh, at Purdue, but not much to kind of base what you can base on a quarterback. So that's going to be very interesting because there's not a lot of film on, on them. You don't know what they're going to do on offense. It's going to be a brand new offense. You would assume they're going to be really run heavy, but you know, hearing Coach Kenny Burns speak, it seems like they're going to try a lot of different stuff. They're going to try new things because this is, again, if I'm Kent State, it's let's try a bunch of things, see what, see what sticks against a good team like UCF. Uh, obviously, Xavier Williams, he was on the team last year, was hurt, didn't play all year. He returns as RB2. RB1 is Gavin Garcia. He was their like third or fourth highest carrier last year. He only had 35 carries for 211 yards, and he's listed as RB1. I would assume that Xavier Williams probably would overtake him at some point um, during the season, but that's kind of the way that it's looking right now. I mean, 211 yards, only at 35 carries. Which is a, not a bad clip. I mean, that's that's pretty solid on only 35 carries. Um, but still, um, obviously, their starting quarterback, Colin Schley, went to UCLA. I guess he's not starting, so he left Kent State to be a backup at UCLA. Um, and then on defense, you basically have two Mizzou transfers, two SEC transfers, um, and Devin Nicholson and Jelani Williams. So, guys, that's basically like what we need to really base this conversation on because obviously you know I'm not speaking for all UCF fans I'm sure a lot of you kind of want a a big deep dive to know when you're watching on Thursday or tomorrow kind of what you're going to be seeing I think you're going to be seeing kind of like a scrimmage Uh, you're going to be seeing a team that is going to maybe do a lot of weird stuff just to try and get catch UCF off guard but we're really going to talk about what UCF can't do um, and what we need to see out of UCF um, tomorrow night. Because ultimately, this is a tune-up game. We want to see certain things. We want to kind of have that confidence going into the next week. Because ultimately, Rob, next week is Boise, right? Next week, you have one of the toughest games on your schedule, and it's an out-of-conference game. Um, and ultimately, me and Nick talked about this last week, you kind of really need to win your first three. If you really want a, like a solid, not saying you can't get to a bowl game without winning all three. You can go two and one and still get to a bowl game. But how crucial, like obviously we saw how great UCF was last year against SC State. So ultimately what we see on the field doesn't necessarily translate to the next week. But how important is it getting that confidence, especially on offense? Because I'm pretty confident in the defense. How crucial is it to get that confidence in week one against an oppo- inferior opponent um, knowing you're going to be playing a much tougher opponent next week, who a lot of people are picking to upset Washington this weekend. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, again, it's a it's a feeler game. You have to see, you know, sort of what you're working with, and this is a good game to do that. Um, so if you want to go in with confidence ahead of Boise State, where you have to travel to Boise State, 
you know, that's that's a, a tough game. So you have to set the trend now. You have to set, you know, your plays and you have to see what works. And that's where I think Darren Hinshaw is going to try out a lot of plays with John Rice Plumley and with the rest of the offense where he he's going to be running plays where, you know, he's got to see what works and what doesn't work. You know, we talked they talked about uh, incorporating a lot more uh, passes downfield this uh, season with John Rice Plumley, something that was sorely lacking last year in the offensive playbook. Uh, so it's time to test some of those out, you know, go deep for some of these passes on, on uh, Kent state, go, go for some of these trick plays, go for some of these, you know, creative offensive uh, play styles that you can kind of incorporate into Darren Henshaw's playbook. Uh, Cause this is why you brought him on, you know, you brought him on so he could get creative. So he could really, you know, kind of take that responsibility from Gus and really shape uh, UCF's offense into what the potential is because that's everything that it was last year. It was all pure potential and it just didn't feel like it got maximized on. So that's what you're looking at this season um, and especially in this first game is establishing an identity and really seeing what UCF can offer on offense. And again, you know, you, you have to take everything with a grain of salt with this game just because UCF is such a heavy favorite. But again, that's where you incorporate some of these plays, some of those creative plays you see see what works, you see what doesn't work, and you move on from there and you get a nice uh, head full of confidence going into Boise uh, next week. And that's that's very, very important because that's that's a game that is a difference between 2-0 and o, potentially. You know, obviously, I don't want to look past this game, but it's a difference between 2-0 and o and 1-1. One and, one, and it can really set a tone for the rest of the season if they end up losing to Boise. So you have to really work out some of the kinks and some of the, you know, some of the jitters that you uh, – might have to start the season here and answer some of those questions. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a test. Obviously next week I think a lot of UCF fans and people around the country are probably debating on who they're picking that game. Um it would not shock me in the slightest if UCF lost to Boise in week 2 and I saw a lot of people comment on our last video and even on social media and they were saying like, you know, Boise's nothing. I don't know why you're 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 acting like Boise is you know, some hot team, at the end of the day, they're a tough team to play. Anytime you go on the road and you play an opponent like that, if it was going on the road to Villanova, I think we're having a different conversation. But when you play a team like Kent State week one, especially a team that has so many question marks, I think it does a couple things. Now, you mentioned kind of opening up the playbook a little bit and kind of trying some of your new stuff. I would actually say I would be disappointed in... Coach Hinshaw and Gus Malzahn, if they really kind of showed what they've been working on. And so I might get people that tell me they don't agree with me, and that's fine. There's no reason. You're going to win this game, right? Like, I, if, if Kent State goes out and beats you, then I think we're, have, we're just, you know, you might as well throw your hands up in the air. You're going to win this game. You're going to win this game pretty handily. You're way more talented than these guys. Brand new team, brand new coaching staff. This is the easiest bet that we could ever make this season. Like I'm, I'm betting, I think UCF's favored by like 34. I'm betting over that. I feel pretty confident in that. Um, here's my thing. If you show everything you've been working on, if you put in those trick plays, if you, if you show, you know, some of those deep plays that you, you've got worked up, not saying you don't have a lot on that call sheet, right? But why use it in week one? Now, granted, deep throws. I want to see a lot of deep passes, right? I want to see that. I do want to see kind of, you know, regardless of the opponent, 
how it looks. So I'm not saying don't throw the ball deep and just you know throw those short and intermediate routes that we saw all year last year, right? But I don't want to see all of it. Save it for Boise. Like if you got some plays you want to really kind of incorporate that you think will catch a defense off guard, save it for week two. Save it for week four. Like this is not the time. I think last year you could potentially do that. And even if like these teams kind of researched that and, and figured out how to stop it, you can get away with it. You can't now. You can't show some of those plays and, and kind of want to go back to it because if it's a really good play, the teams that you're going to be facing are going to be ready for it. Just like they were ready for it last year, but you're playing against a whole different type of competition. So obviously, and I don't think, I think, listen, our coaching staff is smart. I don't think they are going to be kind of doing too many complex plays this week. I think it's going to be plain and simple. Run the football, give it to RJ Harvey, let John Rice Plumley cook, and see kind of what he could do passing, um, passing wise. Um, I don't want to see John Rice run too much, to be completely honest with you. He doesn't need to this week. Like, save save running the football for, again, games that really kind of matter in the season. So that's kind of my take. Like, I want to see a little bit of this offense. I kind of want to get a little taste. Almost like when you go to, like, one of those expensive restaurants and you get, like, barely any food, but you pay a lot of money. So, like, I want to see, like, a little mini, like, first course. Not even an appetizer. Like, a mini soup. Like, just give me a little bit of, uh, and I don't like soup, but like, give me a little bit of a good soup that I'm like, you know what? I'm ready for the courses after this. I, You know, this is better than I thought it would be against an inferior thing like soup. And, and let's move on. So that's my analogy for this episode. But that's kind of what I'm I'm wanting. I'm not wanting the bells and whistles. I don't want to see everything you've been working on. Show me John Rice Plumley can be accurate downfield. Because at least if I see it, I know he can do it against a better competition. Do you agree with that analysis, Rob? Because again, I I know some UCF fans want to see everything that we've been hearing about. So show me the deep passes, but I don't want to see your your bells and whistles this week. Show me in week two. Show me in week two against Boise. No, I mean I agree. I don't think they completely open. I you know I think just knowing how Gus Malzahn and is and how I think Darren Hinshaw is going to run this offense, I do think they're going to have quite a few tricks up their sleeve this se- throughout the season, not even just in this first part. Um, but no, I, I agree to the point where you know they're not going to completely open it and show everything that they've got, so that you know a team like Boise and even further down the road like Kansas State and Baylor you know, are going to be able to say, okay, this is what UCF is working on. This is what film we can watch. This is how we kind of stop some of those plays. You know, I think they're going to have quite a few cards up their hand later in the season where, you know, they're not going to completely open up the playbook until the games really start to matter and really start getting tough and where you kind of need to use those plays. So, no, I think they're going to do kind of a, you know, sort of general overlook on on what they got and then you know as the season sort of progresses maybe even next week against Boise State they start to open up the playbook a little bit more and show really the full potential of what this offense can you know potentially do yeah and show me like obviously show me what you can potentially do and and show me players on the roster you have four games to use them uh, and use them all which is kind of where we're going to lead into the depth chart a little bit because I think you know not too many surprises, Rob. I mean, when we look at it, I got it pulled up. Um, I kind of I sent out a tweet, um, which I'll I'll read it out on here in a second. But um, I thought a lot of the stuff on the depth chart was 
fairly what we expected. Um, obviously, the the couple that really um, people were like that was interesting. Obviously, the left guard uh, Bula Schmidt uh, was in the center battle with Drake Metcalf uh, and Caden Kittler. So a lot of people were just assuming. I mean, listen. Whoever wins out is going to be the center, and the other two will be the backups. And I think a lot of us assume maybe left guard uh, would potentially be Amari Kite uh, or Marcellus Marshall, because that's you know kind of he usually plays that left guard position. But that was a shock. Um, I from what I've heard and from what we've all heard on Bula, it seems like he's just tenacious and he's ferocious and when I hear that about an offensive line it gets me excited uh so I don't really care necessarily about putting Bula at left guard I think it could be a really good thing uh obviously they want to move down the field that's kind of the vibe that I'm getting out of this move is they're going to be pushing it and again tempo is important and I think you know Tylen Grable on the left side on that left tackle is going to Obviously, he was great last year, and I think he'll be great again this year, but we'll see how it goes. I mean, I think you have, again, we talked about the offensive line depth, Rob, and the depth on the offensive line is probably UCF's one of UCF's biggest strengths on both the O-line and D-line. So, kind of what did you think of putting Bula at left guard? And again, he's a little undersized. Obviously, he's a center, um, but I think depending on what UCF is looking to do, that can kind of give you an idea of what they're trying to do on offense, no? Yeah, no, I agree. And I think that's the thing is, you know, if you do have a guy that's, you know, sort of being branded as tenacious and sort of scrappy like that, you know, that does uh, open up another potential for this type of offense that you're trying to run. Um, And so, yeah, it might be a little bit more of a surprise, but I think that's what these first few games are exactly for. You're trying certain guys out, you know, Bula's brand new transfer from Fresno State. So, you know, you don't know exactly what he's going to bring you. So I think that's, again, it's sort of a testing ground these first few games where, you know, you see what works, you see what doesn't work. And, you know, having Bula kind of play a little bit different position than he's used to and, you know, put placing him where he can open the offense more uh, potentially. I think I think it's, you know, it's it's par for the course for what we've seen UCF do. They've done some surprising things and, you know, most of the time it works out. But, you know, again, you're going to have a few games here where you can try that kind of stuff out. You can try to test a little bit and see, uh, you know, if it actually is going to work long term or if you have to make adjustments and what you can do along that offensive line if there is flaws uh, throughout of it. Obviously, running back, you have RJ Harvey uh, starting. Um, we were actually, me and Nick were pretty spot on. Um, I think he had DeMarcus Bowman ahead of Jordan McDonald, but I had Jordan McDonald as the third running back. Obviously, you have the oars on the running back. It's Jordan McDonald or DeMarcus Bowman or Mark Anthony Richards. I think Jordan McDonald's the third back. Uh, from everything we're kind of hearing, I do think the fumbling has been an issue for DeMarcus Bowman. I do think if DeMarcus Bowman cleans up the fumbling, uh, he will be easily, you know, number one next year. Um, or obviously, you know, spearheaded with Jordan McDonald. So I I think you're going to see all of them in this game. Uh, I think especially late, you're going to see all of them kind of get in and, and see what they can do. Um, Randy Pittman uh, coming up second on the tight end uh, depth chart. I think that's uh, deserved from everything we're hearing out of him. The one that I think a lot of people are talking about that I don't, you know, people are, you know, upset 
about Corey Gamage not being listed on the wide receiver, you know, depth chart right now. Got listed under, I mean, Trent Whittemore, Jared Baker, Stephen Martin, Jalen Griffin, uh, Kobe Hudson, like a lot, a lot of wide receivers, and Corey Gamage didn't get listed. We told you on charge on. And again, you can listen to the coaches' press conferences, and you could. They told you exactly why. Whenever somebody would bring up Corey Gamage, the number one thing that was always brought up was his conditioning. He wasn't in shape. That if that doesn't tell you the reason he's not listed, it's that he came in late, and that's not you know that's just based on transfer portal nowadays. Came in late, was not conditioned well. He was already behind because he didn't know the playbook. He wasn't in the spring, and that put him behind. So like all this Belitnikov and oh like he's on the like it doesn't it doesn't matter none of that matters just because you're on an award list doesn't mean you're gonna get playing time and I'm not saying he can't help down the line but he's not conditioned what like Rob they keep talking about Lee Hunter right and how Lee Hunter has taken such a giant leap he's a completely different player Lee Hunter's gonna be an asset well guess what Lee Hunter was on the field last year he wasn't conditioned though and they're, that's what they're saying. He literally, they couldn't do anything. Like Lee Hunter, he would be on the field, and then he'd get winded, and he'd have to go off. So, if anything, this just tells you the coaches believe in the other guys more. They're well-conditioned. They're in a better spot than Corey Gamage. And ultimately, you have to look at what the coaches are doing and say, listen, UCF is deep at the wide receiver position. It doesn't matter if one guy's on an award list. We've got enough guys to say, listen, if Corey Gamage is ready at some point in this in this season... Throw him out there to see what he got. But I actually think Jared Baker, I'm excited to see Jared Baker. I think he hasn't had that opportunity yet. He's getting injured. He was playing multiple different positions. He's finally getting an opportunity to be, you know, kind of a backup here. And I think I, I'm looking forward to seeing him over Corey Gamage. So, kind of what's your take on that? I think we're probably, again, very similar in thought process. But we'll see him maybe in the first game. We'll see Corey Gamage probably out there. But don't be shocked if you're not seeing him you know, especially early on in the season, if not even later. If we're getting a good vibe and a good role, UCF's not going to throw out a receiver that hasn't played all year. But kind of what's your your take on Corey Gamage not being listed on the depth chart? No, yeah, definitely. I think I think you kind of hit on every point there. Uh, you know, a little bit surprising because you get put on an award watch list. Again, not the end-all, be-all of everything. Uh, but for a new guy coming in, that definitely is, you know, a big a big nomination to say oh wow this guy's coming in you know he's on an award watch list you know obviously he's got something in him but then he gets entirely left off so yeah i think it is surprising but no i agree i mean if conditioning is a problem outside of training camp i mean that just shows that again gus and company have a firm uh policy on listen this is everything is business this is business you guys have to get out there and you have to show that you care and you know basic conditioning and being in shape and being avail- making yourself available on the field is one of the most crucial assets for any football player at any level uh so you know if conditioning is an issue it shows the coaches you know they start to question do you care are, do you want to be here are you you know getting in shape so that you can make yourself available for us to use you on the field well if you're not then you're not going to be included on the depth chart and we're not going to consider you. So I think that's absolutely, uh, absolutely makes sense if that, if conditioning is an issue and fitness is an issue where the coaches look at that and say, listen, it's no nonsense. We are not going to just say, yeah, you can do whatever you want, you know, just show up for the game. No, I mean, that's an important part of 
any wide receiver, any any players, uh, you know, protocol. So I, I think it absolutely makes sense that you know if the the coaches haven't been pre- you know impressed with him during training camp, that they kind of leave him out. Again, you're probably going to see him in the first game, uh, you know. Because I think they're going to run through everybody on the roster, but you know, don't if that continues where conditioning is an issue and the coaches, you know, are upset at that, they're not going to include them, you know, in most of the important games during the season. Let's talk about defense really quickly. Um, I'm really confident in the defense. I think that's something that me and Nick looked at last week and said I think the defense could be really special this year. Uh, you got a lot of returning guys that are going to be coming back and you know a lot of returning starters um josh seliscar lee hunter um ricky barber kind of are the three that catch your eye right off the bat on that defensive line um a little bit different defensive scheme there's no night position anymore usually that was uh you know the position that kai martinez played last year after justin hodges um but this year you've got a star position with which does jordan mask is going to play this year um, a lot of backups that are freshmen, Braden Marshall, Caven Cole, John Walker, guys that you're going to see this season. The question is, are they going to burn the red shirt? Um, I, it's, it's all up to the injury bug. It's all up to kind of what UCF is going to do when it comes to the defense. How much are they going to sub in and sub out? Um, so, but I, I really like this defense. Um, the big one that I, you know, uh, one guy commented on our video saying about the disrespect to Corey Thornton. Um, I'm I did not think he was going to be starting. Straight up, I mean, I DeCorian Patterson or Fred Davis I thought would be in there, so I was a little shocked to see Corey Thornton. It, it goes based off of just I guess familiarity. Um, again, I think Corey Thornton can be really good, but he is so up and down and consistent. I just need to see more of a consistent basis out of him. Um, I'm really happy for him, and I think he can be really good this season. But that's my only issue with Corey Thornton. If he can really kind of stay level, I think he can be really special, and I think the secondary can be really special. I mean, the secondary is deep, folks. I mean, if one's not going to be playing, if one is not playing up to the potential, you've got a backup. Like Braden Marshall, I think could get potentially big time playing uh, playing time this year, depending on how Jordan Mass plays. Now, Mask is a fifth year guy, so. It's good for Braden Marshall to be behind that. But kind of, Rob, just talk about the defense as a whole. Obviously, you've got a lot of heavy hitters on this defense. Um, what do you want to see out of them tomorrow night um, against Kent State? Yeah, no, I think you're just looking for consistency, and I think you're looking for, uh, you know, those big impact players. I think, you know, if they can force a lot of three and outs, you know, I think that's going to really show how strong this defense is up front with the starters. Uh, listen, this is a really nice defense on paper. Um, you know, what was UCF's biggest weakness, you know, several years ago was the defense. Now, you know, it's kind of becoming some of some of the one of their biggest strengths. Um you know, I, I've been really impressed with the defense. I was impressed with it last year, and I'm I'm even more impressed with it now, especially now so you're going to get John Walker in there. Uh, obviously, not as a starter, but you're going to get John Walker in there. Um, but you're going to get a lot of these younger guys, but also you have a lot of returning guys as well. You know, your Lee Hunters, your Walter Yates, uh, you know, 
you, you're getting those guys, even Traymond Morris now is a senior. So you're getting a lot of these guys who have been on the roster for, you know, two, three years now uh, who are seasoned veterans and you're getting some of these younger big impact guys like John Walker added in. Um, I think it really does have the recipe to, to be something special out there and, and have and really potentially be one of the deepest uh, defensive cores in the entire NCAA. Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to looking, uh, getting to watch this defense this year because I think they can be really special and I think they're going to be uh, a big difference in, in a lot of these games. You know, a lot of these games where we have some questions about the offense and John Rice Plumley, I think, you know, the, the defense is going to keep UCF in it a lot of the time. All right, let's get predictions. Uh, usually... Are, I'm telling you, our, uh, first of all, I'm happy to give, be giving predictions again. Uh, but our preview episodes are some of the best episodes we do because we, we really do a deep dive into the team and all that. I apologize. To Kent State fans specifically, I apologize. Like, this is not normal for us. We really do much better. There's just not much to go off of. So it's really hard to kind of <laughs> to preview a team that you don't know what who you're going to see on a Thursday night. Um, so Rob, give your kind of your prediction, um, while also knowing we will be better, uh, <laughs> in the weeks moving forward, uh, against the, the new opponents we, we will be seeing. Yeah. I mean, I think what Kent state has a lot of is a lot of question marks. Um, I don't think they know really what they're going to see out of most of these guys. Again, you have so many grad transfers, you have so many late transfers, redshirt transfers, uh, walk-ons on the team that, it's going to be hard. I mean, you lose your number one running back last year. He goes to Ball State. You lose your number one quarterback. He goes to UCLA. Uh, you know, you lose your number one wide receiver. He goes to UNC. Doesn't even know if he's going to be eligible to play for UNC this season, but he gets off the team. You lose your head coach. I mean, it's, listen, it is a, it is the worst of times at Kent State right now. Um, five and seven last year, so not great. But, you know, they have the potential to be worse this year. It just really depends what they have on that roster. And I think they're going to try to figure it out against UCF. It's it's a really tough opening game for them to open up on the road. But, you know, I think their their entire team is going to be looking at, you know, what can we do here? You know, are we going to try some some trick plays and stuff just to put some points up on the board? You know, they're getting their look at their quarterback, you know. Um, Michael Alamo obviously played in the Cheez-It Bowl last year, but he really didn't get a lot of touches last year. I think he made two or three appearances total for Purdue. Um, so, I, I mean, you're, you're getting truly a, a true first-time starter at quarterback. You don't really don't know what you're going to get out of Kent State this year. So, I think they're just looking to, you know, put up some points, have some fun, and and see what they got with this new staff and this new uh, team. So, it's I, I don't think it's going to be very pretty for Kent State. Um, I still don't know in between that Nessie state where exactly we're going to fall with the score here. But I think, I think we're going to fare uh, just as good as we did against SE state last season, but maybe not as good. That wasn't a prediction, Rob. You have to give a score, a score I, prediction. I was getting to that. I, I was... know we haven't, I know we haven't done a preview in many months, but you know, knock the rust off. We got to give, I'm still, it's still formulating. I'm going to go, you know what? I'm going to go 48 to three is what I'm going to go. We win by, I, I do think we cover 30, if whatever the line is, I think if it's like 35, whatever, 35, 36 or something like that, I think we absolutely break 40. So I think the score last year was 56 to 10, correct? Against SE State. I think 56 to 10 or 56 to 7. I think 56 to I'm 10. I'm going to look it up really quick. I believe, it was, for... I, I believe 56 to 10. 
I think that's what it was. 56 to 10. That was the score. Uh, and I feel like UCF played extremely well. Uh, only given up 10 points. I'm going to be honest, guys. When you're a team like that, now granted, 56 to 10 is a blowout. No question about it. I'm going to say 56 to 10. I'm going to say 56 to 10. I think there's no reason that UCF can't put up the points they do while also limiting the points that Kent State does. My only concern is, again, it is semi-new offense with a semi-new coordinator for us, so I do think it. I wouldn't be shocked if it went into the 40s and not broke 50. Um, I also wouldn't be shocked if we allowed less points, like Rob said, like three. Um, and it also, again, wouldn't shock me if they got like 17 or something. So I'll say 56 to 10 just to match last year's. I think that'd be funny, and I think that's kind of where my head's at. I think this is going to be a blowout. And I like this. I I'm really excited to see what the defense can do. Uh, and I know again, it's against an inferior opponent. I understand that, but against inferior opponents, you should ultimately um, beat them down. Like you know, I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna bring up Navy, but you know, I guess I am bringing them up. Navy, you know, got their doors beat off by Notre Dame last year. They didn't. They I think they lost to Navy this year. I don't. I, don't, I think Navy scored zero points or three points. So. That's the performance you need to have against an opponent like Kent State. So that is going to do it for this week's episode of Charge On. Uh, well, no, you're, you'll get an episode Friday. Uh, I, we will be recording tomorrow after the game, and you'll get a new episode on Friday um, so that you can go into the weekend with all of your UCF news um, and coverage. But we'll have more of a schedule. So if we have a game on Saturday, you'll get an episode on Monday. But you also, so if a game's on Saturday, you'll get a preview on Friday and a new episode on Monday. So that's kind of the schedule we're going to be doing. So you'll get an episode a day before game day, and then depending on when the game is, that'll be where the recap is. All right, any final words, Rob? Before uh, we finally get to bounce after many long months of waiting. Yeah, I'm excited to bounce. Uh, this is, uh, listen, again, it's the best time of year. We're we're heading right into the fall season. We're heading into the time where pretty much all the major sports are going to be starting up in the next couple months. We have college football starting. This is, it, it's only uphill from here in my eyes. So, you know, I think uh, there's a, there's a lot of questions still to be answered, I think, for UCF. There's a long way to go. Uh, but listen, this is the one of the most important, if not the most important season in UCF history, this first season in the Big 12. So it officially gets kicked off on Thursday night, tomorrow night. I'm super excited. Can't wait to be there. Can't wait to be back. It's an atmosphere like no other. And I just, I listen, when I see that Big 12 logo on the field, it's going to feel... It's gonna feel real. It's gonna feel real. So I'm I'm very very excited, and uh, hopefully uh, I I don't have too much concerns, but hopefully we see a uh, a W next to uh, UCF on Thursday. So can't uh, can't explain my excitement. Yeah, I I'm I'm so pumped. So much to look forward to. Um, <laughs> I, I'm I'm hoping we're not disappointed. Uh, not saying this will this game will be a disappointment. I'm just saying. I hope three and zero. Let's just go three and zero, and let's go into Big Twelve play with a little bit of a a calmness. Um, but yeah, I don't want to go. I don't want to go two one into Kansas State. Oh, yeah, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. But regardless of who we're playing, guys, it's exciting. I'm excited to see 
any of you, you know, out at the game. Um, really looking forward to finally getting to bounce after so many, so many months not being able to. All right, guys. Thank you as always uh, for tuning in to Charge On. Like, comment, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Thank you so much as always. We really appreciate all the support uh, on the channel, and we will be bringing you much more content as always throughout the year. All right, guys. This has been Charge On, presented by Bet Online. We will see you on Friday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.